Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. You can check them out at ifwtwa.org. We call them IFTWA. It's an easier way to say International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. But we love these shows because we get to chat with travel writers who have traveled across the country, around the world. And it is international. And today we're going to Canada to uh, revisit our friend, uh, travel writer Judy Cohen. You can keep up with her at travelingjudy.com. And that's Judy, J-U-D-I. So travelingjudy.com. I'll have all the links in the show notes. And today she's going to talk about how to plan your Antarctic adventure. So if you've already decided you want to go, she's got some great trips, uh, tips, I should say, because she's been on an Antarctic trip. So welcome back, Judy. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. It's nice you've been be all back. over. It's good to have you back. So you've been all over. Like what the last, I mean, COVID, at, like post-COVID, um, next thing I know, I see you at airports like all the time, like your posts on Facebook. It's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm in New York, and now I'm here. I'm like, That's right. you're actually home. What's it like I've to been, go home? It feels really <laughs> nice to be at home, believe it or not. It's really okay. wonderful, especially to be home during the summer. Oh, so, yeah, in Canada. Um, yeah, Toronto. Yeah, but I, I truly have done a lot of travel. In 2022 alone, I uh, did nine cruises primarily expeditions mm. and I did 14 other trips. So that's a lot of traveling, but mm -hmm. I do enjoy it. And, um, and I plan to continue to do that as long as I can. Yeah, right on. I know, I know when the pandemic happened, anybody who's used to being on the go just went like, what are you doing to me? Like my whole life just sucks now. And, you know, it, it just was really hard. So it's really great to see you back out and enjoying the world. But I want to go to what you just said, an expedition cruise. Yes. So that's a little different than going to the Bahamas, right? Uh, I'm sure they have expeditions there too, but let's ex explain that difference a little bit. So the difference is that an expedition ship will typically have fewer guests and fewer options for dining. It is really rich in onboard programming. There's a lot of experts that are on board to immerse you in the destination that you're going in. And really most of what goes on an expedition ship is, is about what happens off the ship in addition to the enrichment on the ship. So where large cruise ships, traditional cruise ships will have uh, multiple dining rooms and they may have um, casinos and other big shows, entertainment and everything else. Um, these are quite different. And so when you're making a choice, you have to decide whether you're gonna go for the comfort of a large ship with multiple restaurants and loads mm. of entertainment, things to keep you busy on board versus in most cases, it's a little less comfortable, but not always. There are now some beautiful, luxurious uh, expedition ships you can go on as well that have fine dining and spas and helicopters and just about anything else Whoa. that you can imagine. So um, it really is leveling up in terms of having a great experience. Mm. So you know, an expedition is like you're going to somewhere remote too, right? 
like yeah. something that's not like your yeah. typical Bahama Mama cruise. That's right. <laughs> I like Bahama Mama cruises. I'm just saying. I'll yeah. take a Bahama I mean, Mama right I now, like, quite frankly. <laughs> I like big cruises as well. I'm going to confess. Okay. I've done a number of them and I enjoy them and I enjoy each of them for different reasons. Um, but with the number of ships that are now going into a place like Antarctica, you really do have tremendous choices hmm. um, of ships, of itineraries, of the kind of experience that you want to have. So I don't think there's ever been a better time than mm. present in terms of choices and comfort levels and everything else. I mean, kayaking, everything from kayaking to um, the Zodiacs, everything is pretty- Oh, what's a Zodiac? Let's go back to that too, because you mentioned well, them. A Zodiac like, what is... Is, is a rubber inflatable boat. What's like behind me? Right behind you in the picture <laughs> is a Zodiac. That is a Zodiac. It's a rubber uh, boat. Like a rubber dinghy. Yeah, exactly. It is like a rubber dinghy. These are pretty heavy duty. They've got big motors on them, you know, the engines you can see on the back of them mm -hmm. to propel them forward. And they typically accommodate, you know, maybe 12 to 15 um, passengers at a time plus a crew member. Okay. So this is really cool. Like you, you get to go out close. Is there, um, when you go on these expeditions, I know it's really, you know, this is something that you only, you know, National Geographic dudes and scientists got to go to a long time ago, right? And right. biologists and everybody. So now it's opened up, you know, a little bit, but it's still kind of metered, right? It's not like the world can all go right now. It's still kind right. of slowed down. Right. And so once you decide to go, here's some great tips that you gave us in an article that people can check out on blendradioandtv.com. Again, everybody, it's in the show notes. Right. Um, but what's interesting about this is you get to go out and really experience is go out on the snow, see the penguins, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, actually experience this very extreme destination. So with this, is there, um, are there rules that you don't go too close to wildlife and stuff like yes. that? Yes, there are multiple rules. Uh, it's all part of uh, the regulations in Antarctica that people can sign on to, cruise companies sign on to, most do, some don't, but um, it's understood when you go onto land that you do not interfere with wildlife at all. You are not to touch penguins, you do not go and, uh, and encourage them to come and sit near you. Uh, and uh, the wildlife experiences are ones that you enjoy typically from a distance. And so for you, when was the first time you went? My first time in Antarctica was 2013. So 10, 10 years ago. And I went to Antarctica on a larger ship. I went on the Celebrity Infinity. And I vowed after that, because it was a large ship, and we were not allowed to leave the ship in Antarctica, it was almost like a sail pass. A drive-by. Like yeah, a drive like, exactly. It was a drive by Antarctica. But what I vowed at that point is that I would go back because I did see expeditions and I did see people going on Zodiacs and in kayaks and I saw them going on to the land. And it was at that point that I said, well, when I have an opportunity, I am going to go back as well. But Antarctica is spectacular, even on a large ship. Mm. It's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous 
uh, almost uh, otherworldly um, environment that you find yourself in. Mm. So uh, it's beautiful. If you even if you want to do it on a large ship and you have the opportunity to do that, I would say do it. Go. How many countries have you been to now? I've been to probably ninety-six countries at this point. Holy cow! And and a lot are multiple. I mean, Antarctica. You know, I've been to three times. And mm. Japan. We're going back to Japan, for instance. We're going to Okinawa to learn about uh, the foods and the wines that they uh, consume there in terms of longevity. They have oh. population of the oldest people in the world there. So oh yeah, the blue. The blue. Isn't that the blue? Yeah, the blue zone. Yeah, the blue exactly. zone. There you go. I was going to yeah. say the blue people, but then that's a music group, right? That's no. right. Blue man group. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, I find that I I'm attracted to off the beaten path areas and, mm. and areas that interesting thing happen, things happen, but Antarctica is definitely one that's near and dear to my heart. And I do recommend that if there's an opportunity to go, that you take advantage of that opportunity. We know mm. Antarctica is changing. So well, it's interesting to me about you know the number of countries you've been to. And I remember you were on you had the one front cover story about India, uh, your yeah. daughter taking the photo. And I'm thinking like you went to India and Antarctica. Okay, have you been to the Galapagos? I think you have. Never. No, Galapagos I was gonna go. On my oh, list. I definitely want to go there, and I would like. To I was gonna say this is like the frozen version of the Galapagos, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So oh. I would very much like to go to the Galapagos and I would like to go to the Amazon. Oh, I know. Nancy and I were just talking about this. She oh. said, no one's, we're not hearing anybody go to South America. And I get it in certain ways. You know, there's some unrest and whatever, but like, you know, we, we need to, we need, you need to go, go. Yeah, I would go. Get on it. I mean, just with a detour from Japan. Come on. Yeah, just tell them to take to, a lift. Uh, I need to incorporate definitely. Galapagos and the Amazon. I know there's pink dolphins in, in the Amazon and that's what, and they're really working hard now to, to fix the rainforest in the Amazon, right. which I think the president's doing good on that. And going back to Antarctica, because it really was a place that everybody looked at, like we can't do it. And now we can um, let's look at when to go, because, you know, I always think that because we're always driving everywhere as we do our road trip across America, right. this grand road trip, but and then you get somewhere like last year where we are recording now in Minocqua, Wisconsin. It's beautiful. It's summer, had some interesting storms, but we came in spring. And at that time, the snow was supposed to be gone. And as soon as we arrived within an hour, it said, oh, no, welcome, Lisa and Nancy. Here's like a whole bunch of snow and you can't get out for a few days. And then it did it again. As soon as you went to the grocery store and the wine store, got to get the wine, it said, guess what? And then <laughs> did it three times. And as we left, it did it within an hour. As soon as we right. got here, it did a storm. So you really can't plan according to old thinking of the weather. So for going to like the poles, like Antarctic and the Arctic, is it different in planning for weather? Yes. I mean, Antarctica, the ideal time and really the only time to go um, is between November and March. So Ooh. Um, it's considered their summer season, you know, the summer fall season down sure. there. And it really isn't as cold as you think. Okay. People think of Antarctica as being absolutely frigid and freezing cold, but during um, the November to March period, it warms up. And I have photographs of, of us 
sitting on our balcony and sitting on the rooftop in t-shirts uh, for some of the time. But when you go out on Zodiacs, the weather can change moment to moment there. You can leave the ship and go out on a Zodiac and the weather is beautiful. It can cloud over, it will snow, it will uh, ice rain, it, the water will pick up and get rough. So you have to be prepared ice for all seasons. And what's really good about a number of these ships is the expedition ships is they give you jackets. And in some cases they give you a puffy layer uh, underneath your outer waterproof uh, jacket with a hood. So you're kept dry and you must always bring um, rain pants and the, and the ships give you boots. So when you go on the, the land, uh, they want you to be wearing rugged, rugged walking. So they're not relying on you bringing something no, from JC Penney's. No offense Absolutely to JC Penney's. So they yeah. give you uh, boots and then you have little lockers. You keep everything in. Um, uh, for the whole for the duration of the cruise, and uh, it's pretty handy. It's pretty That's handy. Really cool. I mean, I kind of like that because you know they always say like no matter the weather, it's about what you wear. You know, and and right. here when we went through the snow in Wisconsin, I thought I was going to die. I thought I could go feed the birds, and my butt saw the ice so many times because I thought I could just wear <laughs> my little hiking boots. And apparently my hiking boots are not made for snow and ice. And no. when snow comes up, you know, I learned real quick, like little mittens. So that's why I like what you're saying about them giving you the right gear, because what I thought, no, it's not the same as California, Southern California snow, which I was used to. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. It is not. Mm -hmm. And you can walk along. Uh, when you get off of the Zodiacs, you can get on land and walk along. And the next thing you know, you are up to your waist in snow. You fall in, your foot gets stuck. Yeah, yeah. How many times I was walking and my I was right down to the top of my boots in a big hole yeah. in the snow. And I was ever so grateful that we had terrific uh, boots on and clothes so on. So it's still, you are still going, like when you say it's an expedition, this is still an expedition. It's not like, you know, wear the fancy dress to, you know, no, for no, the no. captain's dinner, right? No. And get your I mean, hair yeah. braided at the Bahamas thing. No. I'm not knocking the Bahamas at all, everybody. I, I, I love Bahama right. Mamas and I love, I, right. I love the Bahamas. But right. you know what uh, I mean? It's just I, a different. Yeah. Uh, like there are. I guess a handful of people that might bring something to to get dressed up in, but really you're limited in terms of luggage. Uh, you don't want to be bringing a lot of things on the ship. So you bring what you need to, you layer. You just bring your base layer and you bring your next one and your next one. Did so you take snacks? Because you, I remember, I, you know how many times Nancy and I have talked about this on because of our travels, because anything can happen at any time. And right. I remember the very first time you came on the show, we were talking about world travel. And I said, well, what's a tip? And you said, always bring snacks. I think it was one of your, and Nancy and I have got to this point of like, actually right now you'd, you'd laugh. I have a big bag of M&Ms that a friend gave us. And we're like, I have to tell you, they've gotten us through some really interesting times on the road where you wouldn't think this giant bag, you don't eat them all in one day or something. You can't. No. It's impossible. But those little snacks, this, and every time we have snacks, when you think you can pull over and you don't have those places to pull over, we go, that's what Judy said. 
bring the snacks. So we've been talking about you for a long time on the road. I just want you to know. uh, I do bring snacks still. And Even on Antarctica I, expeditions, yeah, I would actually, that would be one yes. of the first places and, I'd and, take and snacks. And I prepare to do my Arctic um, uh, expedition soon, I'm thinking about what I want to bring as snacks, but I definitely will take, definitely, just to have them. What, do you, what kind of snacks do you take to a place like Antarctica or the Arctic? I like to bring granola, chocolate. You know, the granola oh, bar. yeah. I'll bring dark chocolate. I'll bring a dark chocolate bar or two. And I like candy. So I like jujubes, um, stuff I'm with like you. That, which is not very good for you. But there's times when I feel that I want it. Mm. And gummy worms. Gummy worms. We are yes. recording on gummy worm day. Do you, do, you do know this, right? This is very important. Oh we are. Goodness. That's what they celebrate in this country. Really? I the eat them when I drive. And I'm not supposed to. No, like gummy worms, gummy bears, yeah. gummy bears, gummy worms, gummy bears. Gummy bears. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can get the sour ones, the sweet I like ones. The sour ones. I want both. See, to <laughs> me, you need to, <laughs> I want half the worm to be sweet, half of the worm to be sour. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> you do need those things. And so, like, I, yeah, you know, because when you're going somewhere so remote and have something that's consistent for your, your body, too, that your body knows, even if it's a gummy worm or that's a gummy right. bear. That's right. So, I mean, you certainly, you don't have to bring anything. They feed you yeah. very well. There's no shortage of food on these, uh, on these ships ever, but it's still nice to have your own. Now, on these ships, so you say some are doing the la-di-da dinners and, and some not. And so pick your budget basically with what you're going on. But do they change in regards to like, you know, sizes of, of how many people go on? A cruise. What yes. does it go according to budget? Like you know what I mean? Or does it go according to what your adventures are, or just according to this is what the company is doing? Well, I mean, I think that there's a real range in terms of uh, pricing for these. So mm-hmm. at the very high end, right, the fancy uh, ships, there's Silver Sea that provide a lot of on ship luxury, etc. And then there are some other basic ships. And there is Swan Hellenic that I went on. It was my first time on Swan Hellenic. Um, and I love that ship. It was a, a gorgeous, gorgeous ship. Um, beautifully finished. The rooms were spectacular. They even had like fireplaces in the room, not real fireplaces, but but it was very comforting to see these fireplaces just kind of- For the ambiance. Yeah. yeah. For the ambiance in the room and the lounges and the Zodiacs. Everything else, the offshore experience is very much like uh, the offshore experience that you have that I've had on other ships as well. But the onship was a little, a little nicer. So okay. it, it all depends on what's important to you. You know, you've got to, as with everything, you do have to do your own research mm-hmm. um, and figure out what you want according to your budget, your needs, and exactly. and so, and and that's the other thing, like. Um, this is a big bucket list. Yeah. So you've got to really plan this a little bit more than, hey, I'm, you know, just taking a little weekend cruise. This is something bucket list. This is something really magical. Um, what about going on cruise ships now about like, can you like being seasick kind of thing? Like if you, I've been on whale watching cruises and stuff where like, you're down in the, you know, mm-mm. 
bring me the sprite yeah. and then i'm like you know what put some gin in it i don't care how bad i'm feeling put some gin. yeah 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 <laughs> i need a gin and tonic somehow or vodka tonic well so i don't know why or a beer somehow just always calms me down and if because to me if once you get that if you if you get sick you're you're in it like forever yeah. well so the best idea is that you try to take seasickness medicine before you get sick don't if, do the drinking thing like i said because that's just don't me. do the drinking thing but no. if, you, uh, if you're prone to seasickness take uh, some gravel or take one of the other pills that your doctor has recommended to you before you get seasick once you're seasick and the waters are really rough it becomes more of a challenge um, there are, I mean, the Drake Passage, which is the part between Cape Horn and the Antarctic Peninsula, wow. is probably the roughest water in the world. It can be the roughest water in the world. It doesn't mean that it will be. Okay. Twice I sailed that passage and it was smooth as glass. Smooth as glass. Four times, three times I did that. And it was the, they call it the Drake Shake. And I couldn't imagine anything worse. And seeing my husband, I didn't get seasick. My husband gets seasick in a bathtub. And regardless oh. of that, he is always up for an adventure. And so he never says no. But he was deathly ill, along with oh. most of people on the ship. They went oh. room to room, the doctors came by and they checked in on you. Were you okay? Is everything all right? But you literally are on your back for 24 hours until you get ginger out. ale uh, across ginger the ale for yeah. everybody saltines yeah you know you make it through but it's not pleasant now it's that, not pleasant but you'll get through it i mean it's not the end of the it. world well exactly. i think what's so fascinating about this too is like you talk about the drake's passage when i got to that part of your article i'm like he went on the drake's passage and that dude was a badass right I mean, what he did for the Queen in England, he came across, then he went through California, tried to take California, went after the Spanish in his, I call it the Golden Hiney dip, <laughs> right? The Golden Hind. But like he was like, he really, he pissed off the Spanish. So, I mean, there were actual wars because of his attitude with them and they just kept going at it, right? So it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think of it, but he would just set sail and go through these places. Now, we're talking cruise ships, you know, yeah. that are, you know, we've got technology of today. Like th we're talking the 1500s, right? 14, 1500s. Got to yeah. get my math right. But I mean, so when you were sailing through this, you know, the Drake's Passage, did you think of like him doing this? I never did. I really, I actually never did. But I went through that and kept thinking about small ships going through this area, small ships without the stabilizers, without a lot of the um, technology that we have today. And people still do it. And, um, you know, like it can really bash a ship and coming back along the Drake Passage. Last year when we were there, a cruise ship ran into some trouble. It hit a rogue wave, a rogue wave hit the ship and broke windows and did a lot of damage. And there was uh, some guests that were hurt. Um, so you never underestimate the power of water. You can't. Well, that's why I say it's still an expedition. So like travel, yeah. well, this is the same thing as people going to national parks and falling into the Grand Canyon, taking a selfie. Yes. I'm like, sorry, um, the, the world is not going to buffer you from danger. You have to be aware as travelers. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. We have to have some common sense. I'm not, you know, we don't, if you want to claim a Darwin award, well, sorry, yeah. not being rude, but I'm just saying, but at the same time, you're going to the Antarctic. You definitely should have a little bit of that hair of fear in you because it's part of the adventure. <laughs> I think right. so. Right. And, and I mean, the other thing is you really have to know your own abilities. So they're, oh, the they offer sea kayaking and they typically say, you know, you should be an experienced kayaker before you head off. And um, one of the cruises that I was on, there was a couple and they had never kayaked and the fellow leaned right over to take a picture. And the next thing you know, they were in this frigid water. Of course, he lost his thousands of dollars in camera equipment and everything else, which was kind of sad. But again, you know, I kind of go back to should you be doing it? You know, if you really aren't experienced, should you be doing it? No, I would not kayak because I've done some bayou stuff in Louisiana and that's how I learned how to kayak. And I go in circles. If I don't have a guide that like you need to go this way. Right. I'm not good. And right. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you can ask my high school. I'm not good. I tend to go in circles. So if they said to me, are you experienced? I'm like, yes, I've had plenty of experience, but I suck at it. So I wouldn't do it unless somebody else right. paddled. Right. Right. So uh, like, I think that you, That's have cold. To be, you have to be uh, your own test. You know, you've mm. got to kind of say, you've got to be realistic with yourself and say, what can I, and what can I not do? And, and just be content with that. And, and okay. So what depends, like, I don't want to scare people from going, if this no. has been their dream thing, but if you can't do all the activity, activity stuff, you can still go and have a good time. Absolutely. There is more than enough to do there. Tons to do there. The Zodiac cruises, you can do the landings by Zodiac. They take you and then you do the landings and you go on the land and you walk and you hike and you just hang out there and watch the uh, penguins. Um, it is beautiful. And it's the surroundings. It's so um enormous like the scale in antarctica just works it's like a snow desert in a way like it if, is a snow it, desert that's yeah exactly now do you is. get sunburn from this yes. the reflection yes you can get uh sunburn sun is out there almost 24 hours a day almost depending on when you go and uh, the sun is very strong so they highly encourage you to take um Oh, our sunscreen and yeah, sunscreen with you. Uh, wow. You don't need insect repellent. There's the good news. <laughs> no snakes. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. A little it's different than Africa and India, right? A little bit different for, from that different. kind of it's that kind different. of so, that kind of expedition. So that's yeah. well, that's interesting. So, all right. So the zodiac seemed to be an interesting thing, and then, like, how long? are the cruises that was the other thing like how long can you go for like to me we're used to land and you know right. so i go oh we could go stay somewhere for a month well yeah. well you can, can you get an cruises. airbnb on a glacier i know <laughs> not, not really not there <laughs> not okay oh you can sleep some of the cruises offer a night on antarctica you can go sleep under the stars but there's never stars because it's daylight all the time oh yeah there and you go yeah, and you have to, like, they take a bucket. You cannot leave anything on land. So if you have to go to the bathroom, you bring it back. Okay, they bring it back to the ship. 
So it's kind of an interesting one, but you can go for any time from about 10 days to some of them can even go up to 30 days um, wow. because they go to different locations. Yeah. Cause it uh, is big. That's what we, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoy the, the, the Georgia Islands, the Falkland Islands. It's got great history. I mean, the Falkland Islands is a fantastic place to, to visit because um, you really learn about the um, Argentine British history that's there. Cool. And they drive you around. I mean, the, the Brits that are there will take you. They take you out in four-wheel drive vehicles. I found it fascinating. I could have easily spent days there just listening to the stories I well, okay because so we all think okay so you go to you know it's all snow and that's it so are there like restaurants or like what what no. what's civilization like in regards to the entire area there isn't civilization there that is usable by visitors okay so so that's cool though that makes me want to go even more there's a post office. Oh, that famous one, right? Yes, at Port Lockroy. So you can go in there and there's three or four uh, people from England who staff that and they actually compete to get a posting at the um, at the post office. Uh, it's pretty lonely. There's not much there. We went there and of course I bought penguins for my grandchildren and, uh, and I sent a postcard that arrived mm -hmm. Uh, home to my kids four months after I was there so it's kind of cool but and you also see the old um, explorers what they did how they lived the huts they were in the cans that they had the containers oh, wow. that they used so that's very very interesting Falkland Islands has got a community on it it is it's a full community um, and you can tour the Falklands it's not considered, you know, Antarctica per se. It's not the peninsula, but it's, I, I think it's very, very interesting. And mm. uh, South Georgia. So there's a few places there that you can go and, um, and you can see things that are quite different. But every place you land in Antarctica, uh, in the peninsula is different. It's amazing how different they are. The shape, the sizes of the... Uh, the glaciers and you see the glaciers falling into the water right that what's mm. going on and you see all the penguins scattering around and the whales and um oh the whales yeah and the whales and it's yeah it's fantastic and the seals the elephant seals the other seals that are there do they talk about climate change at all like in regards to when you're traveling through to yes, understand a talk, little bit more they talk extensively okay on the ships about uh about um, what's going on in terms of yeah. the climate. And, uh, you know, climate change, there's no question it's affecting things. And they, you know, are straight up about it. But they also talk about what the ships are doing to be respectful and mindful mm -hmm. of, of the changes that are going on to still provide the opportunity for our folks to mm -hmm. go down and see it. Because I think that people who go there become the ambassadors. I, not everyone can go. I think no. that that's the thing. Not everyone can go. Not anyone. Not it. It's one of like I said. It's a big bucket list that very few are it going is. to go to. You know, it is. And if you can do it, if you're inclined to do it, if you like to go to colder places on the planet, 
uh, ones where you're not going to be entertained. You know, the entertainment is your eyes. It, exactly. You, you eat with your eyes there. And it just is nonstop. The panoramas, oh. the scenery there. Uh, I've never seen anything like that before. Ever, ever, ever. Mm. And um, it's just gorgeous. And it so changes you. Now you're going to the Arctic next. Yes. I am going up to the Canadian, I'm going to Greenland, a uh, charter flight from uh, Toronto to Greenland. And then we're cruising from Greenland through the fjords into a couple of places wow. here, coming across the uh, Davis Strait, which is not like, it's not quite as bad as the um, Drake Passage. But some people say that they've gotten very, very sick coming across to Canada. And then we're doing the high Arctic. So... I'm looking forward to that. And then I come home for two weeks and I go back up with Quirk Expeditions. My first one is with Adventure Canada. Uh -huh. The second one is with Quirk Expeditions, where we fly, we're going to fly from Toronto to Calgary. And then there's a charter flight taking up to Nunavut, one of the territories in Canada. And from there, we're going to go up to the remote Canadian Arctic. Uh, wow. to Ellesmere Island and and um, the Northwest Passage. So they should be quite different experiences. I, I'll be able to tell you lots more after I've done it. But, um, but I am really looking forward to it. And, and then I'll be able to say, you know, the polar expeditions are quite different. You know, the- You can say you're bipolar now. You know, <laughs> I didn't mean that politically correct. Able, sorry. No, but you know what I mean? say that anyway. <laughs> You know, well, yeah. I mean, but you've done the you've done the two polar opposites. That's pretty cool. Exactly. And you've been to the equator, right? Too. Yes. yes. See, that's pretty darn cool. Yeah. So I've done that, but I think that this is going to be very interesting, and I will have seen the Canadian Arctic right from one end to the other. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful mm. for the the ability and the opportunity to be able to go and do this. It's exciting. This is really, really exciting. Yeah. So, so and I'm not a young uh, adventurer. I'm an old adventurer, but no less, not any less interested and up for the um, the experiences that I hope to see. I say you got to do whatever you can do while you can. I agree. Period. You got it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I so agree. I kudos to you doing this. And you really gave everyone some good tips to think about because it is it's not, it's not a frivolous trip. Right. I mean, the other thing that I will, that I do want to share with people is that all of these expeditions, what you have to do is expect the unexpected. So mm -hmm. if you're someone that likes to have an agenda, an itinerary that never changes, right? I'm uh -oh. doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. These expeditions are not for you. If that mm -hmm. is something that is going to upset you and you won't be able to handle don't go. But if you um, if you can go with the flow and all of the changes that happen, you may have had your heart set on seeing a particular place in Antarctica. You may not see it because mm. um, because the weather will prevent it or the water will prevent it. And if you're going to be upset by that, don't go. Well, I think that with travel as a whole, I think that's good advice in general. <laughs> yes, but there in particular, I mean, it, when yeah, that's yeah, that's a big that's a big deal. 
Yes, yeah. it is. You do have to really expect the unexpected. So, but it's great. And what I've done is I gave a list of the expedition cruises as well as yeah. the mainstream uh, ships so that, you know, the people can start researching, can do your research and you can check them all out. And they're all a little bit different and mm -hmm. um, read the reviews, you know, like mm -hmm. spend time and read the reviews on the ships. Um, mm -hmm. And go to your website because you've done articles and yes. uh, so it's travelingjudy.com and it's J-U-D-I and Judy um, also um, follow you on social media like on Instagram. Uh, as, yeah, as, I'm on as, Instagram. So I'm on yeah. Travel Judy at Instagram um, and I do post as I go. I'm not sure if I've got, if we have internet. Yeah, it all depends. Exactly. So through the Arctic. I don't believe that we're going to have good internet. So I may be posting afterwards, uh, but, but I do share in my stories, all of this, I do reviews and, mm -hmm. um, and I like to share uh, my insight into what can work and what doesn't work. Mm, exactly. I think that's, it's priceless because yeah. this is such a big deal for people to actually go and do. So uh, very, very good advice. Um, IFTWI, everybody, the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We love doing these shows and chatting with writers like Judy. Judy, they're going to be doing a cruise from Vancouver, Canada, down to L.A. for their conference this October. I know. Where, where are you going to be? I'm going to be in Japan. Oh, see. Oh. I will be in Japan, but I would love to have done that. that have conference. you done any of their conferences? I have not. I haven't oh, wow. been a member of IFTWA that long, but I do want to get much more engaged because it's a great yeah. organization, great writers and a fabulous community. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And even during COVID, how they didn't just go, okay, travel's over and do all those webinars and, and events like that. I thought that was really smart with they what did. they did. They did really fabulous webinars. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That were very very helpful, and they and they also kept everybody engaged. Yeah, I know because it, like I was saying at the beginning, it was like, oh my god, what do you mean we can't? What you know? It's like tourism is one of those, especially responsible tourism, which I know you, you're part of too. Is yeah, you know, responsible tourism that is like um something that is one of the the most solid forms of you know uh, that can help an economy. It's like right. it's. It's not like the, the small town that, you know, the company town and the company went away and left the town dry. Tourism doesn't really do that. But this was one of those things that just were like, you suck, COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. it sucked. But I think when those who just really stood up and said, okay, we're not over, let's keep going. Well, that yeah, was fantastic exactly. how they did let's it. You going. know, yeah. I have to tell you, I love the picture that you chose, my picture. Yes, it's yours. From the Swan Hawaii. With the Zodiacs. There it is. Look, it looks like another boat. Like you could sit. Else. It's like a jet ski almost. The, the glacier behind it. Like you could sit it's, in the middle there. Well, it is. It's mammoth. You probably can't even tell from that picture the scale of, of mm. those icebergs. But they are absolutely enormous. So, oh, yeah. Cool. I'm excited for you. I can't wait to follow you as you go through Canada's, uh, you know, the Arctic Circle. That's going to be excited. Like, Thank just, you. I'm going to be all, like, you stay warm and take take your your uh, wonderful snacks. So, everyone, keep up again with Judy at travelingjudy.com. I'll have the links in the show notes, the links to the article as well. And you can also keep up with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Whether you're a destination, a photographer, a writer, go to ifwtwa.org. Thank you so much, Judy. It's been so cool to see you again. 
Thank you. It's so wonderful speaking with you.